Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having an awesome day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I had a wonderful time yesterday, so I really thought I was going to get time to record two episodes, at least the daily devotional, and but... What happened was I ended up going to an event in Madison, Wisconsin. This event was called God's Not Dead. And it is the the person who wrote the book, Dr. Rice Brooks. And it was a very interesting convers it was a very interesting seminar. Now this seminar is not your typical lecture. It's not your it doesn't have any like any music to it. It's just like sitting down. And they go down and they go through a PowerPoint, a couple PowerPoints. And they <clears throat> and then they go through and and they answer questions at the end. But before they go through four different points on proving the existence of God. And that the theory of people saying that God's not dead is completely false. Because did you know that it takes more time? to do the research to prove that God is doesn't exist. It takes more time and it takes more time and energy when all you have to do is just say, okay, God is alive and he is, you know, alive and a kick in today. And all we have to have faith is faith. Because when we exert our energy somewhere else, we then are putting we're then doing something else productive. I feel you know, I truly feel bad for people that think they have to disprove God God doesn't exist. I feel truly bad for them, you know, because they got to be in a broken world. They got to be, um, it's just a very hard, it's a very despicable uh, time for them. And you, you look at those people and it's interesting how, I, I think that's kind of ironic, but you look at it and the people that they talked about, such as Stephen King or or Stephen Hawking's and other people. You look at their outer appearance. The moment that they deny God, I think God allows them to go into their own depravity, and it blows my mind. The other question I would have had to ask, and I didn't really ask any questions because all I did was just sat there and uh, and I just listened. And <clears throat> it was interesting because some people came in and interrupted, and it was very well handled. They were told to uh, get out and very peacefully. But of course, it is Madison, Wisconsin, so you're going to have anybody, any, any who to come over. And I was very surprised also by the amount of people that came up, came out in support and willing to learn. But <clears throat> overall, I was very. It was a very beautiful event. We learned a lot. And I think as we're going to learn today, we are going to go and um, we're going to read John or Matthew chapter 11. And through there, we're going to get better understanding of what Jesus is saying and what Matthew, book of Matthew is saying as well. And so with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. For bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us, so that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms, and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good 
and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. So, how cool is this? Okay. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, we read, Now it came to pass, when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples, that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you coming? Um, are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell the things which you have, which you hear and see. And the blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, What did you go uh, out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft uh, clothing are in a king's house. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this, for this is he of whom is it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, and the violence take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who hears to he who he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I liken? This generation? Is it like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you and you did not dance? We mourned to you and you did not lament? For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a wine bitter, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Amen. And and I'm going to continue because there's so much to chew on. In verse 20, we continue on to say, Then he began to rebuke the cities in which of, the, of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Now, this is the part that I want to really talk to you about and really hone in. 
and this can be called refusal of, and this, you can think of cities as countries and you can think of cities as your friends. You know, this is going to be very important. So this is going to be the big picture. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bathsheba. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidia, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be done more tolerable for Tyre and Sidia in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For it, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Now we're going to continue on because we're going to go back to it. At this time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven, the earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for, is, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and not one knows a son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all who you are, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So overall, I think we have to get a bigger picture of this. Now, have you, to me, it literally seems, I, don't, I mean, here's my question back in the, back in the biblical times, how bad was Sodom? We know how bad Sodom was, but you expect for a city when they would, when they would have Jesus come by, it blows my mind how people literally turned their back on Jesus. It literally does. Like, how can you, how can you deny his existence? Number one, number two, how can you come up with a conspiracy? And it, there's four different conspiracy theories that were brought up last night, and this is where it ties in. I absolutely love this, and that's why I wanted to reach out to you know. I was reading about this on my way home and lamenting and pondering on it. So Matthew chapter eleven plays a huge role about talking God's existence. Because it's interesting because there's so much indefutable facts that Jesus was on earth, number one. That number two, that he did perform miracles and that he did heal people that were lame, that were deaf, and that were that were dumb to talk. He healed them all. There's also facts about that. And it's also interesting how when if you really think about it. You know, this other conspiracy theory saying that, well, the disciples really never existed. Well, they even say that Jesus didn't exist. 
and that it was all hallucinations. Well, if it was all hallucinations, so you're telling me that they died for him? It died for their namesake? And a lot of them died in like wicked ways, in very, 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 like very sad ways. They were taken apart from families. They were hung upside down. They were hung sideways even, and they were stoned and they were cast out in the sea. And and the list can go as John the Baptist was beheaded, all for the name of Jesus. And also, when you add the multitude of people, besides John the Baptist, especially when he rose on the third day. And the fact that Thomas, like, went in and felt Jesus, like, held his hand. And God said, see his scars and his wounds. You know, it's, and the fact that when he did that, there were 500 other people that were witnessing and that all wrote to account. That's, I mean, what more do you need? But see, the thing is, is that people want to deny him because it's something that is too good to be true. And the thing that all you had to do, all the cities that Jesus mentioned in Matthew chapter 11, all they had to do was forgive, repent, repent of their wicked ways. For they will, for if they do not repent, they will face judgment, unlike Sodom and, and Sodom and Gomorrah. But they did it. Instead, they were looking for something else. And don't we look at for something else too? When we think that when it's such an easy task to ask God for repentance, you know, it was interesting because I was able to hear the story and uh, Dr. Rice Brooks, he talked about on his flight home and and the fact that we have in, in America, no wonder why there's judgment falling upon America because he flew on American Airlines and it was interesting and he got to sit next to people and that's I I'm with him when flying is the best way to minister to people because you're in close quarters for a super long duration of time now it can be good and it can be bad and so it was interesting because he talked about how this one gal was flying and they were able to he was able to have a conversation with her, but then he noticed something and she, and he's like, you must be a Christian. Now this is all him. Now this, and she's like, no, I am my own God. I am God. Now I've had people say that to me as well, you know, at Best Buy, you know, where I'm like, Hey, you know, what are those tattoos and what kind of, and you know, some of them come up as agnostic. Number one, some of them will say they're their own God. To me, that just blows my mind. So you're going to take the responsibility of getting really judged. And you're going to take that responsibility. You're going to go stoop yourself to the level of God. See, that's the thing that we don't understand. So now, when they say that they're their own God, now they're that's the ultimate blasphemy. I think it is. Because God never, God is always perfect, number one. He doesn't, he never makes mistakes. Number two, number three, there's a there's a purpose and there's a thing for everything, and he's always omnipotent. I mean, when we when we as a human flesh say that we are our own god, and there are religions out there where they say that you are your own god, there are, whether you like it or not. 
I mean, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of stress. And so we then have to take a deeper look and say, why are you your own God? What is missing in your life? That's my question. That's another question that comes to mind. What happened in your life that thinks that you are your own God? Now, typically, it's more of a trauma experience. And typically, when we say that we are own God, we typically say that, okay, you know what? I Something happened. God didn't answer my prayers when I was a little kid. So I'm going to deny him, and I'm going to say that I am my own God. Because I can heal people if I want to, and I can like answer prayers if I want to, and I can pray my own prayer. And then I can pretty much have a, a, start, a start a cult kind of a religion. Now that is treading very, very dangerous waters. Because like before in the episode, I think on a couple of days ago, we talked about how Jesus answers every single prayer. Now it might not be the answer you're hoping for, but he still answers. Now, he heals, but in, you, you don't get healed right away. It might be healed over time. But if you are your own God, and if we come up with that mentality, we will never be able to heal. Because if we heal, then we have to come up with a defense saying, oh, well, uh, and that defense just takes way too much time. And that's why we have to look at our own lives. We have to look around and say, no, you know, God is existence. God is omnipotent. He is there for me. And all we, like those cities, they, they gave the easiest task. And the easiest task is still left upon today, which is repentance. See, I think the biggest thing that is a fall of a nation is pride. P-R-I-D-E. Pride is the downfall, and it is the biggest sin that we can ever have in our life. Because it means that we have to be know that when we have to know that we messed up, and we hate doing that. You know, there are times so I don't like doing that. And when I was a kid, holy cow, I used to. Oh boy, I would blame somebody else. So I wouldn't get in trouble, or I'd be like, well, I would beat around the bush. So I wouldn't get in trouble and I wouldn't accept the fact that it was me that did it. Like taking a cookie out of the cookie jar. Our pride sometimes can get in the way to tell that it was, it clearly was you and stuff. But since we have, our pride is so built up and stuff, we then blame somebody else or we blame somebody else that's not us. Well, the evidence is all over your face. And so that's what blows my mind. And I think the downfall of a nation in this nation And I think the reason why we're going to have heavy judgment is because our pride is getting so out of hand that we are turning against God in mass numbers. We are. And I commend people that do these kind of podcasts. I commend people that are like reaching out to people in their lowest life. I commend them. I think that we also have to figure out in our personal walk with God um, to pray against pride so that it may not plague our life. Because even as Christians, we can be Christians and then we can get prideful as Christians. And therefore, once we are prideful as Christians, we are then not following God's command. And so with this in mind, 
I absolutely love this. And, um, and overall, I would highly encourage you to attend the event. Um, God's not dead. And he is not dead. He is alive and he's, you know, he is alive more than ever. And the event was, going back to the event, I thought it was very informative. And I have to commend. So Dr. Rice Brooks, and I'm going to try to see if he can get my podcast. I don't know if it will happen or not, but, you know, I'm th- that's in the works. But it was interesting because uh, he talked about how uh, he talked about like multiple conspiracy theories of people purposely denying God, number one. He also talked about people trying to beat around the bush to say that he didn't exist. That's number two. And see, and and it was interesting because it was easily broken down with the Big Bang Theory. And all I remember is, I, I mean, they had Stephen Colbert. Like, they watched a clip from Stephen Colbert. We did. Holy cow, Stephen Colbert, he is not a Christian by any means. He's a, he's a complete nimrod. But either way, talking about how air, empty space does have weight. And so that that's where they talked for about five minutes on the empty the emptiness even has weight, and therefore they try to prove the Big Bang theory, and how it's not after the Big Bang theory that we have empty space that has weight. I mean, it's complete. It was completely confusing. It, it was. I felt bad for Stephen Colbert and his guests because they were they looked like horses patooty. It didn't make sense by any means. But with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. Lord, I just pray of heart of repentance, Lord. Repentance of our minds and repentance of our sins, Lord. That we may be purified in your name, Lord. And no matter what happens, that we can not be prideful, Lord. That we can be obedient unto your word. Because you're an awesome God. May you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when you cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, I hope you guys have an awesome day. And remember, God loves you. And again, uh, I think it's nice and I'm, you know, it was a, I highly encourage you to check out the event. Um, And it's almost Friday. How exciting is that? Remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye. gonna be afraid cause these waves are only waves I'm not gonna be afraid no I'm not gonna be afraid